Hi there, this is Andre, and you are on the Marketing Innovation Podcast Show. Our special guest today is Sam Danhu, and you might already know him from a previous episode on our podcast when we were discussing blockchain and crypto technology. However, today things are going to be a bit different and very exciting because today we'll be talking about actually the company that Tom has been a core member of uh, since the beginning, and they're also our main podcast booking partner, Hitcaster, which have been... uh, along the journey with us for the past year or so. So uh, we'll be talking about secrets of uh, product marketing and Tom's journey with Hitcaster, launching it into the market and launching it into the market and growing it as a company. And uh, in parallel, we'll also be looking at podcast marketing and uh, how you can market your podcast show if you do run or are planning to run a podcast in the near future. So, Tom, it's such a pleasure to reconnect and to, to have you again on the show. How are you? How's the summer treating you so far? Yeah, it's great to be back on here. Had a great time last time and i um, looking forward to talking to some more podcast marketing topics this time. Um, yeah, summer over here in Denver. Everybody thinks it's always cold here, but the other day we hit like 104. We had a couple hundred degree days, so we're sweating out here. We got the air conditioning turned on to the max. <laughs> <laughs> stomach weather yeah uh, super so uh let's uh, let's get started um i think because i've been thinking about the best way to build the context and i think um how it, even though some of the people might already know you as you know the um, smart tech guy that uh, was part of all these multiple projects in the past including blockchain and other types of technology i think this is a great opportunity for us to talk a bit more about you as the product guy, the product marketer, um, and the entrepreneur that in partnership with Ryan and everybody else built um, what is today Kitcaster. So if you'd like to share a bit of your journey with the company and uh, how you guys went about launching it and where you are with it at the moment. Sure, definitely. So um, for anyone who doesn't know, the way that I've been in contact with Andre here is through our company Kitcaster that we've got here in Denver. Um, we're a podcast booking agency and we focus on booking, you know, top entrepreneurs, coaches, executives on very targeted podcasts that can help them to promote their brand to the right types of audiences that they want to reach and, um, you know, network with. So basically what I do at Kickcaster, which my entrepreneurship background had helped me to get into this position. And just to be clear, I'm actually, I'm not a founder of Kitcaster, but I was hired pretty early on. So, you know, within like the first, you know, a few hires that we have there. Um, And I was brought on to be a product manager for the PGL service that we do, which is, it's called the podcast guest list. It's a, um, it's an online platform where hosts can go to find um, suitable guests for their show. And it's, a, it's pretty simple. It's an invite only program right now. Um, Andre, I know you've used it before. You're actually on there as a guest as well. So that's something we like to do for the, with the host is get them listed as guests as well. And it encourages a lot of like podcast swaps and things, but basically it's for hosts to go on and send an invite to any particular type of guest that they might be looking for that we might have access to. So, um, it's basically just a, a networking platform that helps people connect. You know, we have a lot of guests who want to go on podcasts and we know a lot of hosts who are looking for guests. So we just built this platform to make that connection. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's how I started working at KitCast, working on that. And now I'm also the um, 
the back end, like support email and database manager for the company as well, while being the product manager. So it's a lot. I do a lot of podcast stuff all day, every day. So yeah, just being on podcasts as well is another thing to it. It's another part of the job. <laughs> yeah. Complete the full circle. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, cool. So what's your feeling about the market? I mean, uh, essentially this is a platform and it's a platform to connect uh, guests with hosts and essentially build up this uh, online community in a way. Uh, it's also a bit of a SaaS in the way that people can use it themselves, uh, obviously with your support uh, to, you know, make sure that the bookings happen and everything is going smoothly uh, and you guys are doing a great job at it. Um, now, thank you. Yeah. How, <laughs> no, no worries. Nothing to thank you for. Um, thank you. So how, how did you see the market evolve over the last uh, maybe two years? since you started to prepare this for the market? Sure. Um, I would say probably the most, the biggest thing that has changed about the podcast market is the shift away from Apple podcast onto more spread out um, platforms. You know, we got like Spotify, Podchaser, Buzzsprout, like there's an endless amount of podcasting platforms now. And the listenership is so spread out that, um, you know, one thing that has been hard for us is actually like tracking engaging listenership for in terms of impressions, you know, how many downloads is the show getting? Because originally with podcasting, like Apple podcast was the one and only like, if you go and see how many reviews or ratings a show has on Apple podcasts, you can get a really good idea about the type of listenership, you know, how many how much reach a specific client is going to get by going on a certain show. But these days, and especially within the past you know six months we've seen such a huge expansion out to these different um, platforms you know more um, more indie platforms that are popping up for certain types of podcasts or certain types of demographics um, you know listenership is just spreading out so much between them that it's actually become harder to gauge um, the the exact metrics that any certain show might have so that's a challenge that we're we're facing right now and we're kind of figuring out new ways to figure those things out. Um, you know, it's always the best if the host just tells you like the numbers that they see, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to ask that of a host. And, you know, we, we respect any show small or large, and we think that there's benefit in going on any sort of show. Mm -hmm. um, because as long as, you know, there's a great conversation being had, we see the best uh, marketing tool that you get from podcasting as the opportunity for you to repurpose that content and use it in different places. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say biggest change is just that spread out that, you know, that jump away from Apple podcasts onto these newer, more indie platforms. Mm -hmm. um, and regarding your uh, strategy in terms of go to market and, uh, you know, launching the PGL, which you are managing at the moment, um, how are things uh, in that area and the reason why or the purpose of the question would be i know for a fact there are a couple of uh, people that are tuned into our podcast most likely today as well um and they are preparing the launch of um, well everybody in their in their space but um the launch of platforms or mark and or marketplaces so um i think there would be a really nice um benefit to them to hear about your story 
from way back when maybe the plot the platform wasn't yet live and why you chose it to be invite only how you got onto building the community the initial community around it and also uh, maybe what's your plan for the future like do you want to keep it like this forever do you have certain metrics or things that are you are looking to achieve before going into the next phase let's discuss a bit the sort of product and yeah business launch and growth strategy from your perspective definitely okay so um it's a couple things there definitely yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> the pgl um I would say for anybody going to start like a new platform or something like this, um, one of the best things that we had done is just simply, you know, to the extent that you can um, just give it away, like let people use it for free. You know, like the free trial loss aversion model is is huge in these types of subscription services um, in a sense that, hey, take this for free, try it for a while and then um you know, also that just encourages usership and we get people on the platform actually using it so that when somebody hops on, it's like, oh, there are people on here. Um, I would say always to the extent that you can just to start off, give it away, you know, get people using it in that way. You start to figure out um, what is working with your platform, what's not working, where you can improve and um, just mainly what the people want. And then, you know, as you start getting that feedback and refining the platform, you can go and, you know, start charging people. And initially we, um, you know, we did give away like a lot of the placement spots as gifts to like good guests that we know or good on podcasts. You know, maybe they were our clients on the agency side and um, we gave them the spots on the PGL just so that we, you know, we had guests on there for when hosts come on and they want to invite somebody. Um, and then, um you know, eventually you start to understand what is good about your platform and then you can start charging people. So, you know, we started to, we phase out the the gift people, you know, saying, Hey, um, you know, either like your free trial is over or like, thank you so much for having on the platform. Like if you want to stay on, you know, we'll give you this discounted rate or something like that. Um, and then, you know, ultimately your goal is to have all paid users on your platform. Right. So, um, but it it never hurts to say, you know, if you have 10 really solid guests that, you know, a lot of hosts like to invite, um, you know, you, you, it, it's always up to you to keep certain people on or like, you know, do things that will improve your platform um, just in any way possible, really. And mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we're really focusing on now is um, marketing uh, through like LinkedIn and um just uh, networking through the, our already existing podcasts and connections to try to get more hosts onto the platform because, you know, we've been pretty successful getting new clients and guests onto the platform who want to be on shows. But um, now one of the problems that we're facing and addressing right now through our marketing efforts is getting more hosts to be aware of the platform and know that they could come on here and use it for free. So um, just like some background for your listeners, the way that the the platform works is that um, people who want to go on podcasts pay a subscription to be listed on the platform and it's actually free to hosts. So, you know, Andre, you've used mm -hmm. it to invite guests. It's completely free for a host to invite a guest and we just make that connection and, you know, make the recording happen. But um, for the, for the guests, since they're getting all the content and, you know, the use out of the interviews and stuff, um, that's where we decided to monetize this platform. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
And uh, what did you, or what was the reasoning behind having it invite only in the in the phase one? Yeah, for sure. So um, the the invite only thing we kind of wanted to just you know start out with people who we knew um, were going to get good use out of it. So we didn't want to have a bunch of like random hosts that we didn't know coming on and sending invites to guests and then like flaking out on interviews and mm-hmm. then you know vice versa. We didn't want to have a bunch of random guests coming on and then you know booking interviews with these hosts who are really excited to use the platform and then not showing up. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of the idea is, you know, make it invite only at first with people who we know are going to use it properly and hosts that we know are going to send invites and also, you know, come through with the interviews and provide good content. And um, that in that way, we just believed that like, if we kept all of the kind of BS of, you know, people missing interviews and all these problems out of the way, it would help us to figure out um, what was working and what wasn't working with the platform a little bit easier, a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you start with um, seed funding or, uh, I mean, was it a, a VC funded business in the beginning or um, you had to kind of like bootstrap it and grow it as you launched? Um, that So the PGL was kind of an, an after, like an afterthought. Kickcaster started as a booking agency where, you know, we have dedicated agents who pitch clients to specific shows. Um, so the, the company's kind of split into like we have the PGL and we have the booking agency. The booking agency came first and mm-hmm. um, through, you know, revenue generated by the booking agency, um, we were able to, you know, our founder, Ryan, just, you know, built the platform and use his network to, to fill it up with those initial spots. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I came on and I kind of took it over and trying to expand it. Um, so it, I guess you could say it's bootstrapped, but really just funded by revenue of the, um, the, the booking agency at mm-hmm. first. Like a sort of like a second business pillar or a second brand or product of the same. Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. And in turn that the booking agency was bootstrapped by our founders, Ryan and Brandy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and how do you see your growth as a, uh, actually, first, um, what do you feel it's uh, different bet- between uh, Kitcaster and PGL uh, and other SaaS companies out there? Because I'd like these sort of differences to be very clear as we advance through the conversation. Sure. Um, so we're seeing a ton of um, similar PGL type services coming up, um, you know, guest lists that hosts can use to invite. So we've got a lot of competition popping up in that realm. And also at the same time, there's a ton of competition in the booking agency sense. But um, one thing that Kickcaster has been, you know, really proud of and like we take as one of our morals is, you know, we actually care. Like there's, we always hear it from all our clients all the time. It's like, Hey, like you guys are the most pleasurable to work with. Like, and um, we, I think for the price point that we're set at, um, we provide so much value to our clients that um, is not only, you know, cheap, but is like um, just really full and, you know, gives them exactly what they need out of their experience um, for a price that's typically lower than other services that are providing a little bit less and a little bit um, less attention to detail. (laughs) At least that's what, that's what we've heard from feedback through our clients so we really Mm -hmm. just try to you know get to know the client as best as we can and 
do a really good job communicating and booking them on the shows that are going to help them the most rather mm-hmm. than just throwing them on any given show to, you know, complete their contract or whatever. Like we, we really try to um, give the clients the most out of what they're paying for. Mm-hmm. So focusing a lot on this client customer service element of the business. Yeah. It's a really personal thing. Like, you know, for the agency side, especially when you have um, a booking agent who's dedicated to a certain client, um, you know, you really get to know the client and you really get to know the things that they want to talk about on an interview and, you know, their the inner workings of their business and what they're trying to promote. And, um, you know, you take that experience and you go and you find shows that are going to help them in the best way possible. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, the care that our agents put in is something that, you know, puts us a step above a lot of these other booking agencies. Agree. And approve. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and in terms of the actual marketing of the business, I know you guys, uh, I mean, I'm sure this gets you a lot of word of mouth in terms of, you know, referrals and your current partners referring and bringing people back into the business. Um, but in terms of the communications channels, apart from LinkedIn, you mentioned now, um, what are some channels that have particularly performed well for you as a platform and as a business, maybe this year in 2021? For sure. Um, yeah, like you said, we do get a lot of referrals from previous clients and stuff. And those are usually, um, you know, really good because, you know, we have our we have our sales funnel where referrals come in or leads come in and then they go through the, the sales process. And I'd say, you know, other client referrals are some of the most successful in terms of closing deals for us. Um, but then um, I would say almost the entirety of our um lead generation, and then ultimately sales fulfillment has gone through LinkedIn, especially mm-hmm. in 2020, um, just LinkedIn outreach. And then also we use um, a couple specific LinkedIn, like lead generation softwares for automation mm-hmm. um, that have helped us to network with like the right kinds of people that we're looking for, um, funded startup founders, CEOs, executives, um, coaches. Um, LinkedIn has been huge for us. And then um Outside of that, I would say um, the two other main things that we're using are Google AdWords um, to drive traffic to the website and then also uh, Facebook marketing as well um, Mm -hmm. through both Instagram and the Facebook platform. Mm -hmm. But now we're um, in 2021, we've started to branch out a little bit more into more creative and um, specified content, um, you know, for podcasting just to promote like our, our motto that we use is celebrate good conversation. And we've been trying to promote that through um, like fun um, content and material that we spread around through Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, great visuals for people to see and enjoy. <laughs> and um, again, you know, we book people on podcast interviews to spread their businesses. Um, we've also been booking each other on podcast interviews. So we we book the founders, Brandy and Ryan, and then we have, you know, a couple other agents who go on podcasts as well to talk about us, just like what we're doing right now. Like <laughs> we, we, you know, we sell it, but we also partake in it as well. Um, it's, it's in our eyes, one of the best ways to promote, especially to promote a podcast agency is through mm-hmm. podcasting. So yeah. Walking the talk. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> and there's um, one other thing for our agency that, um, we just started in 2021. Um, we started sponsoring podcasts as well. 
So you know how um, shows will do like a mid-roll or like a pre-roll, a read or like a, a recorded thing to say, hey, we're an affiliate with this, you know, with KitCast or podcasting agency. That's where we get our guests and things like that. So we, we started a sponsorship program to um, also try to put some money back in like the host pocket. So it's a, it's a program that works by um, compensating hosts for like the amount of leads they could bring us um, through their show. And um, also, if there was a deal to be closed through a host, um, they would also get a portion of that um, as a payout in, in the affiliate program. So mm-hmm. that's something we just started. It's fairly new, but um, we have like really high hopes for that. And it's been going really well so far. Uh, I think it's an approach that to, should work because you kind of keep it in the family. And it's also around, you know, kind of the same community, mainly if you want to build onto the podcast uh, hosts. Then I think uh, a lot of the podcast hosts are also podcast listeners, um, so I think Definitely. this can work very nicely for you. Uh, let me know how sure. I, how it plays out. I I'd be really curious, but I'm sure you you will see some nice results from it. For sure, yeah. We gotta get we gotta get the marketing innovation podcast on there, so you could become <laughs> an affiliate with us. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. You know, we have a lot of um, hosts who are really hyped to you know get started and you know as with any podcast host, like a lot of times, you know, you want to spread information and, you know, have good conversations and stuff, but being able to monetize your show is, you know, a great goal to have as well. So we, we wanted to help um, hosts figure out how they could do that. So yeah, after I'll, I'll send you the link and uh, you can check it out and let me know what you think about it. We'll discuss online. Oh, sorry. Offline. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Okay. Um, Yeah. Sure thing. So um, you touched on something that I think would be really interesting to develop on, and that was using podcasting as an effective content marketing tool. And this has been one of the things that, uh, you know, the audio platform in general, um, if, uh, you know, if you or you guys tuning in would look back on our agency work, um, pushing the sort of audio channel was something that we wanted to do from our second year on on the market. So in 2017, we started to write a lot about it. And sort of this voice channel was also developing um, with Amazon at the time. Uh, We had our own app developed by one of our very close friends at the moment uh, and pushed out in America. And that did so well, like way better than we expected in terms of user engagement and uh, everything we have. We had an Alexa skill for marketing news. We might actually relaunch that because at the time it really surpassed our expectations. Um, But podcasting is, I mean, then it was pretty big. Right now is gigantic. And it's something that um, is in a way easily accessible from from a marketer's point of view because there are more and more podcasts, more diversified. Um, And as you mentioned, Tom, it's also a great way to produce own content from a thought leader's position or perspective. So from, from your insights and from your experience, both with the company, but also with the guys that go on podcasts and the guys that book them, um, how do you see podcasts and content marketing going together? Sure. Um, so one thing that we always kind of think about and one thing that really struck me when I started working here was like, we have these big tech CEOs and, you know, executives as our clients who are really, you know, um, very well thought out and like elaborate speakers who can, 
who can say just the greatest things about their own company. Um, but then again, these people are so busy that like, how hard would it be for, um, you know, Amazon to get there? See how, how hard would it be for Amazon to get Jeff Bezos to sit down for an hour and talk about Amazon for, for content marketing? It's probably pretty hard because that dude's doing so much stuff all the time. So, um, what, what we try to do is just, you know, schedule into these executives, you know, busy work weeks and, you know, an hour here, an hour there. And then in turn, what you get is an hour of, you know, your CEO or your founder talking about your company and, you know, through, you know, good hosts and everything, you can get these really great conversations that come out. And, um, we created a content marketing studio for, Mm -hmm. um, for our clients as well to help show them. And we also do media trainings and things like that um, to help show them how they can take the content and Mm -hmm. repurpose it. So we, we turned into blog posts, we turned it into, you know, little videos, screen grabs, audio grabs, um, quotes, all of those types of things. And um, it just, you can take a 45 minute podcast interview and turn it into upwards of 25 pieces of marketing material that you can use for weeks on end, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's something we just started doing with the content marketing studio. And I believe what you said, you, you know, you guys do something similar. Um, This is just something that we offer to our clients. Like say they had a interview, say somebody was on the marketing innovation show and they wanted to, they felt that it went really well and they wanted to, you know, get a little bit more out of that. Um, Mm -hmm. They can, they can commission us to create the entire suite of uh, marketing material for that. So we think that um, that's just, you know, the best thing to get out of these podcast interviews is all of that extra marketing material that you can use. And you're sharing it on socials, you're sharing it on through email blasts, you're sharing it everywhere that you can and mm-hmm. um, really just dragging out and, and spreading that content that you get that might not be so easy to get, you know, from your founder or your CEO. Um, these podcast interviews are helping to provide those marketing teams with, um, you know, the core content that they need to create this material. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of the promotion of these podcasts and the marketing materials. So first off, just to emphasize on this aspect of creating content off the podcast that you record for everybody out here that doesn't do that, but they do go on podcasts or they have their own podcast, guys, this is like the content marketing 101 <laughs> strategy you should yeah. follow. And if you don't have Definitely. resources, uh, reach out to Tom here and um, see how Definitely. these guys can help you if you are already maybe part of the KitCaster family. But um, that is going to be even easier. But Tom, uh, we'll leave the, in the description your email address as well. Um, yeah, so people can can reach out. Uh, this is something very important uh, since you put in the resources and eventually even commission somebody to book this for you as a thought leader, um, getting your company or your marketing manager on board to develop more content around this one piece um, is definitely something that you should do in order to increase your return on investment. And we actually do this, you know, with the podcast as well. And uh, Tom, you know, but everybody that's been on our show show received a core uh, marketing package, let's say. Um, yeah. So that kind of helps us as a podcast in terms of promoting it, uh, but also them as the thought leader or podcast guest to communicate this position to their audience. 
Um, and exactly. here we are going into our second topic, which is ways of pro- good ways of promoting podcasts. Um, and here um, I would like to speak less <laughs> and let you, Tom, um, talk a bit more about the con- constant and direct contact that you have with the podcast hosts. What are some of the best ways and strategies that you found worked well for them in promoting their shows, growing their listenership, and eventually, you know, being able to monetize their podcast because they were getting so much reach? Definitely. Um, yeah, so there's there's tons of ways that hosts can go and promote their episodes. And, you know, I'm always hopping on calls to help people understand these types of things and stuff. So, um, you know, when you think about it, the easiest way that anyone can think of is, you know, just put a little bit of money behind an episode to promote it, um, which, you know, not always is something that's available to do. But when you can, um, it really does help. Like, for example, we know of a couple of shows that, um, you know, from the outside looking in their Apple podcast, you know, maybe they don't have a ton of ratings or reviews, but um, the show could be, you know, reaching tens of thousands of people and, you know, get driving great results for um, their guests and their clients and things like that. Um, and that's simply because of the money that they put behind their shows uh, to promote each episode, whether it's through, you know, Facebook, Google, um, through podcast marketing, like with, with Buzzsprout or other of those podcast platforms that can help you promote certain episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen shows just have a ton of success in that way. Um, and whether it's, uh, you know, we call shows that, um, so some shows will request, you know, you to pay for an interview, like to pay to be on the show. Uh, we call them pay to play shows. <laughs> um, say you were doing that, like a pay to play situation. And rather than, you know, sliding that money in your pocket, you use it to promote the episode. You know, that's a great way to kind of drive a little bit of monetization into your episode as well. Um, in terms of interviewing a guest it's a pay to play. And then you're also promoting it to get a larger reach. And then ultimately you can grow your show that way. Um, that's one thing that we suggest is to really put money behind the show. But then also, um, another thing that we suggest as well is to, um, interview guests. Like there's, there's really nothing else to it rather than that. If you're bringing on, you know, guests with big followings or, you know, important people, um, it's in turn just going to drive listenership. And when you bring, for example, say you interviewed a big CEO with, you know, a hundred thousand followers and they shared that to their network, you know, you could, you could be certain that, you know, at least a couple thousand new people are going to hear your show and, you know, you could be certain that a couple of them are going to like your show too and listen to it moving forward rather than just the CEO that they follow whenever mm-hmm. they're on it. So, um, yeah, we suggest, you know, just even if it's a minimal ad budget behind a show that could really do great numbers and then also, um, you know, interviewing great, like qualified guests who have good followings, um, doing things like podcast swaps with other hosts where, you know, say like you for example andre would go onto another marketing podcast they would interview you and then you would take that host and interview them on your show Mm -hmm. Um, so then you're you know you're swapping audiences and the same type of people who would listen to that show likely would be interested in your show as well so those are kind of the three like main things we suggest you know podcast swaps with other hosts um interviewing awesome guests and then you know just putting you know a small but manageable ad budget behind promoting you know 
maybe not every episode, but if you have a really good episode that you feel really strongly about, you could promote that. Mm-hmm. Super. Um, and also here, um, I would just uh, like to put out a thought, uh, but I think this really delivers again to what you said now and to what we were discussing about content marketing. I think for for everybody here really that has a show uh, and produces content in this way, I think um, apart from promoting just the podcast, uh, remember that you probably also have a business and you can combine the two. And then looking at uh, just apart from really pushing the reach of your podcast um think about the other benefits that having a podcast can bring to your business because for example through repurposing the content and maybe you know you have it in an audio or video form um but you know youtube also has an seo element to it so if you do optimize your video well before uploading it uh and there are a couple of tools even free if you want to make a start but you don't really have a um budget to invest into YouTube SEO or YouTube advertising as in ads, uh, then just doing some core optimization in terms of SEO can really help your uh, videos reach more people and more relevant people. Um, But also you can transition the content that is audio or video into written content. And then you have new content for, first of all, for the podcast description, because it's really important from a quality standpoint to have shows that are multimedia and that have a good description and everything else links. But for your business website, maybe as well. So apart from just putting the link to the episode on your podcast, uh, on your website, um, you can also produce blog posts and you can help your guests, maybe if you are a host, produce meaningful content for their website if they don't have the resource of the basis of the content that you produce together on the show. Um, And optimizing that content from an SEO point of view, again, can be a very good opportunity to create new quality content and drive SEO results to your website or your business or your guest business. So maybe Tom, this might be something that you guys, I guess, are doing as well through the content uh, hub as well. Yeah. You know, you, you said it right there yourself that I forgot to mention that in terms of the host side, but the same thing that we say to clients, it's like repurpose your content, use it in as many ways as you can. And, um, you know, drag one episode out and spread it onto a bunch of different platforms, not just your Apple podcast, your Spotify, but, you know, get it onto YouTube, you know, start recording video, um, start making Instagram posts from the video that you have or audio grabs, you know, a really great quote that came out of your show um, from a great guest, you know, share that around everywhere that you can. And, um, you know, it's going to help and it's going to make people want to listen to your episode really. Um, so yeah, you said it yourself and the SEO is also extremely important, um, you know, a way for you to get in front of more eyes for free, like without having to put an ad budget behind it, just, you know, it takes a little bit of time and work to optimize that SEO stuff. But, um, ultimately, you know, sometimes that can drive better results than, you know, Google ads budget or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And also it's, uh, more sustainable from a time point of view. Like once you get it, it's probably going to be recurring for a Yeah, you can forget about it once you get it set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and now sort of like a more general question, but I think it's been on the minds of more podcasters, including myself. Um, and um, you might have more data around this, um, but sort of like a closing question. What are your thoughts on um, podcast uh, or actually streaming platforms so you know spotify has been focusing a lot on, on podcasts over the last year or so um as you mentioned a lot of new players have come into the market in terms of streaming um 
I don't know how how do you feel about Spotify, for example, in comparison to Apple Podcasts, and then what other rising stars have you identified in the streaming world? Definitely. Um, so I think that um, one of the biggest changes we're seeing is the the change from podcast downloads as a metric to more you know podcast streams because when when Apple Podcast was the sole um, you know one of the main pod well it is still obviously the main but when it was almost the sole podcasting platform um the biggest metric that people were looking for to promote on podcasts and hosts were promoting is um the number of downloads that they're getting Mm -hmm. and now um you know that's not even really a thing anymore it's it's more about the streams um as these this listenership is coming off of apple podcast i think we're going to see a shift more terms the the same way that like music streaming is measured um you know how many streams does a song get um you know how many downloads does a song get was never really a metric it's kind of mm-hmm. you know streams and listenership or purchases but um with podcasting i think we're going to see the same thing you know we're, we're already shifting away from downloads as a metric we don't really even discuss downloads as a metric with our clients anymore um we're starting to go into more, you know, how many streams does a show have or like ratings and reviews usually help, but um, you know, which platform do you choose to, to use ratings and reviews from, <laughs> you know um, it, it's been hard. So we, we think that, you know, ultimately an aggregate will probably present itself, you know, pretty soon here. It's something that the industry is kind of needing. And mm-hmm. um, I think uh, we'll definitely see that soon um, in terms of other platforms that, have been big that we've been hearing about and seeing pop up let me just see i think i have a list here but um we definitely you know buzzsprout is a huge one um anchor fm is one that has also been pretty big for us um libsyn is another platform spotify has been getting much bigger into podcasts Mm -hmm. um there's a pod chaser is another big one um there's just so many out there and uh stitcher radio mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry i was just looking at uh my list here but then also google podcast hopped into it as well um so you know obviously google has to have a part in everything <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of hosts are posting on soundcloud these days as well um do you have any yes. data on soundcloud um we for example we haven't been really active there um and I, I like I don't have a lot of uh, first-hand data on the platform. Do you know how it does in you know in comparison with other platforms? We we rarely um, we rarely see it as a place where it's like the podcast's sole platform. Um, you know, sometimes we see people just uploading to SoundCloud because it's one, it's easy to let people download your episodes through SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. So maybe people are doing it as sort of a metric, but um, also another thing about SoundCloud, like say you're just starting out and um, you know, you're looking for a platform that you can use like for free. SoundCloud is good for that as well. Cause you can post episodes um, for free. I think up to a certain extent, like, you know, you can't post 10 episodes a day, but you might be able to post like two to three episodes a month for free on SoundCloud, um, which could be great to, you know, give somebody their start. And, um, but you know, the, the bigger ones that we're seeing being used a lot are more of like the aggregate platforms like Buzzsprout, which is actually, it's like a publishing platform where you could publish 
through Buzzsprout and it gets put onto all of the other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, all the big main ones. Um, those types of services are getting really popular now um, because it just makes things easier for the hosts, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it, they also help with um, episode promotion and things like that. You know, they give you easy ways to maybe put a little bit of a budget behind something and to get your episode listened to. So mm-hmm. there's a ton popping up out there. Um, but yeah, those ones that I had mentioned before are kind of the main ones that we've been seeing through our experience. You know, we it, throughout our agency, we probably touch on a thousand different podcasts every day, you know, with all of our agents and stuff. And, you know, that's that's those are the main popular ones that we're seeing come up. Great stuff. Yeah, uh, we, we use uh, Podbean, which has been uh, pretty good since we since we moved to it. So, yeah, um, that's another one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's another one that I got on here, too. Super. Well, Tom, um, this was a really, really nice conversation. Uh, really glad that we had the chance to catch up and um, discuss podcasting this time. <laughs> yeah. <for laughs> Let, sure. Let's do more of this. Yeah, it's um, always great. Thanks for having me on again. And uh, glad that... Um, Glad that you were down to talk about KitCaster's time and get into the podcast marketing realm. Yes, yes, yes. So for the guys here looking to, I mean, wanting to find out more about KitCaster and uh, podcasting, maybe you already have a podcast and you want to find out what other opportunities there are for you out there. Uh, we'll have the links to uh, Tom and also to KitCaster in the description of this episode. So as always, feel free to reach out to any of us uh, or to myself and then I'll communicate with Tom if there's anything that you feel we could do more for you or if you have specific questions that you'd like us to try answering in a future episode. Uh, But until next time, Tom, again, a real pleasure to meet again and to have the chance to discuss. Thank you for your time and insights and secrets and everything. Uh, Guys, thank you for tuning in. Hope you have an awesome summer and looking forward to staying in touch. Speak soon. Thanks, Andre. It's been real. Thank you, too.